Michael and Amber, can you guys come up real quick? Michael and Amber. Nardinos. The Nard Dog, right? I'm just kidding. All right. Um, can you guys give it up for Michael and Amber? They're my friends. It's a sad moment for me, um, but I wanted to honor you guys and say thank you because um, uh, I knew uh, we, we had got word that we were going to be losing our worship leader for a few weeks, and I called these lovely folks and said, hey, would you come and hang out with us uh, for free for multiple weeks? And um, they were like, yeah, when? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, just can you block off like multiple scheduled days? And, uh, and they said yes. And so every uh, week they have kids and they make the drive from Ocala uh, and they come down here and they, uh, they worship with us. And, uh, and, and when I say that they worship, they, they're not just playing. Their hearts have been invested in, in what's going on in this room. Um, I know because I, when I call Amber and I say, hey, Amber, what are you thinking? She takes a deep breath and figures, how do I communicate everything that I'm thinking about your church? And, uh, and so first off, I want to um, ask you real quick, um, Amber first, and then Michael, um, tell us what you think. <laughs> God wants to do in our church, briefly. I'm not nervous. I mean, I'm just like in awe because uh, sometimes we have something like that's so good and we don't even see it. And the presence of God is so thick in, in this church. And I just told Teresa this morning when I popped over there with, in the kids' room, what you guys have here, it holds a very special place in God's heart. And we know that God is a jealous God, right? So, like, yeah, it's awesome because he's jealous for us. But, like, what is going on here is very rich. That's the only word I can think of. It is so rich. And so I encourage you to, for whatever reason, God's brought you here. And it's, it's, where, it's where you're supposed to be. So rest in that and link arms because God wants to do really powerful things through you and you and like he takes us because we are so weak and we're so like not perfect and we don't have it all together and we have kids and we don't have kids and we have bills that need to be paid and all of these messy things that stop us from doing the work that he's called us to do so reach in deep and and plant yourself here because so much more can be done and what, what is happening right now is very rich, and there's so much more to do. Hmm. Amen. Mike. Um, I guess I, I would just briefly say that I don't know. I'm sure there are, but I don't know of any other church where, like, I have people that I work with that I know that, that need Jesus. And where we are right now, as much as we love the church that we're a part of and we're... we're happy to be there. I don't have a place where I could just someone off the street say, hey, come to this church and know that they like will have a good experience. Not just because worship is cool and the lights are cool and the pastor sounds good and he has good jokes and <laughs> all Sorry. that stuff. <laughs> but just some place where like the, the, the hurt that people have experienced from whatever stuff in their past, whether it's, it's been people that were off on their Christianity or people that were just mistaken or whatever. Like this place, for some reason, I feel like I could just have anybody come to and feel the love of God. So it's a close one. Good job, Scotty. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's really what I would say is is there's something genuine about the culture here and the love of God here that is so different than other places that we've experienced. And anytime we go through crisis in our life, We've called up Tim, be like, Tim, we need to come to your church. <laughs> because it's just like you can just feel the love of God and, and, uh, and the peace of God here. So, Sweet. Um, I agree with that. Amen? It's rich and it's real. R&R. &R. Um, well, we want to bless you guys. We, uh, and uh, I, I handpicked them this morning. 
And uh, we have a little card. We want to bless you guys. They've done this for free. And, um, and it's really just been something that they just want to give to the Lord and give to you guys. And, um, um, and to you, um, I just want to say that um, we love you guys. Uh, I know who you are, and I know who you are in the Spirit. And I know the call of God that's on your life, and I know the hurt that has happened in ministry and over you. And um, I, uh, I just I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I just want to um, free you from the opinion of man. That's what I, I speak over you. I want to free you from the opinion of man, and I just speak over you that, that you're not done yet. You guys are going to heal so many lives. Your humility and your willingness to serve is not done yet. And then um, they, uh, if I was to bless them today, they would say thanks. Uh, but you know what they really want is today their, their lives are in, in the altar. Uh, they're praying uh, night and day for their son, uh, Cohen, who uh, has a breathing problem. They don't necessarily know what it is altogether, but um, they're having multiple problems. They've, in fact, multiple hotels that we've tried to get for them. They've had to leave in the middle of the night and go to another room multiple times. They've left hotels because they can't stay there because their son has breathing problems just about everywhere he goes. And they're praying that God would give them their miracle. And, uh, and I just want the way, church, to agree with them because of their sacrifice for us, that we would believe for Cohen's miracle. Amen? And so like um, the story of the... Of the um, the, the soldier who uh, Jesus, he'd say, you know, I don't even need you to go get your, get this, this guy. If you, Jesus, if you just say it, then I'll believe it. Uh, I pray that right now over you guys. In the name of Jesus right now, Father, I thank you that you're listening. You're always listening when we pray. And so, Father, we speak over this little precious boy in the name of Jesus. I thank you for these problems that they've had. I thank you for this refining fire that you've brought before them. I thank you for the lessons that you've taught them about how important that their son is to them and how, 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 how he has needs and how we have needs. And I thank you how they parent him is how you parent us. And Father, I thank you for this season and these trials. But today, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that today is the day of salvation, that today is the day of deliverance, and that today is the day of restoration. And I thank you that today is the day of healing in the lungs of Cohen Nardino in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are listening. I thank you that the stripes on your back tell the story of our healing and I seal it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Love you guys. You're rad. Peace out. I'm going to try to make this um, sermon semi-quick. We may go over a little bit on time, but we start it late. So um, that's my, uh, my, my get-out-of-jail free card today. We're going um, to the book of Daniel today, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Daniel. Uh, Daniel not only endured his culture, but he had influence in it. He not only endured his culture, but he had influence in it. I was supposed to do a different series, and I couldn't shake it, I couldn't shake it, I couldn't shake it. And so um, we're going to talk about Daniel. If you would text in today, 777-3520. Today it's going to be Daniel. Daniel, 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 Daniel. 777-3520. You text again lets us know that you're here. It also lets us know when you're not here. And um, we're going to go with this. I'm really excited about this message. I believe that this is going to be something that relates to most of us in this room. Uh, and so um, this message is rocking my socks off and the series that we're going to put together here for you I believe is going to challenge you as much as it's challenging me um, and you're going to see this is I don't know man I'm really shaking in my boots right now in my shoes I'm shaking okay Lord what's so hard about this is I feel like you are a massive God trying to speak through this itty-bitty person. And every time I just get so overwhelmed. Help me communicate your heart. Speak to your sons and daughters. You love these people. You want to lead them. Oh, Lord, help. Let me get out of the way. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, uh, listen, I, uh, I really do think that this is going to be important for you. Daniel, uh, what's important is Daniel lived in a culture uh, of ungodliness, and yet his righteousness influenced that. And I think right now we're living in a day and age where we could use um, the ability to influence our culture more than our culture is influencing us. Amen? Amen. I want to remind us that our highest priority in life is to love the Lord God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. This is our highest uh, desire. We just want to love God more, love Him more, love Him more, love Him more. If you're not there yet, if that's not your highest priority, you may have other goals that are out of order. And I'm going to show you today that I have had some goals out of order in my life uh, based on what I'm learning in Scripture, the book of Daniel. How do we love God in a culture increasingly going away from God? I mean, just going rabbit in every different direction with every different opinion. It's overwhelming if you get on social media for five minutes. Uh, I remember when social media used to be about what your friend's lives is doing. Now you get on social media and it's all about politics, opinions, arguments, uh, doctrine. It is like just a, a stir of craziness on social media. And uh, we, we are living lives of tension and godly, uh, living godly lives in an ungodly culture. So anyways, we're going to talk about Daniel today. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I learned about Daniel uh, through, like most of you guys probably did, through um, its really popular stories. Uh, through VeggieTales. Uh, this is where I learned uh, all of the great Daniel stories. And so, I mean, Daniel is, is, is a lot of really great stories. I mean, from the lion's den and the fiery furnace, right? And the bunny, the bunny. Oh, I love the bunny. Uh, and so uh, I, I, I learned all of these things. And Daniel's got a lot of really great stories in it. And, uh, but, and, and so Daniel's kind of a weird scenario because of where it is uh, placed in the Bible. Uh, Daniel has uh, six chapters that are uh, stories. Um, it's telling history in it. And then it has six chapters that are um, uh, prophecy. It's about the last days. It's, it's things that are about to come. And so what's unique about Daniel is where it's placed in the Bible. I don't know about some of you, but I've, when I was learning about the Bible, I would often get confused about why the Bible would talk about this guy's David's life. And then David dies. And then David wrote a song. And then I'm like, wait a second, did he come back? Is this all of the resurrection? And so the Bible is not in chronological order. Uh, it's, it's actually uh, it's kind of set up kind of weird. Um, but the Bible starts off with the law. The first five books is about the law. And then the next several books in the Bible are, are, are history books. They're telling stories of things that happened uh, that's important for us to learn uh, about the culture and the life and things that took place in Scripture, history books. And then we see the poetry books, right? Where we would see Psalms and Proverbs and Songs of Solomon and Ecclesiastes. And, and following Songs of Solomon, there's, there's the prophets, there's the major prophets and the minor prophets. And I used to always wonder when they would talk about the major prophets, were they more important than the minor prophets? You know, are these like, no, it's, I think it's the major prophets because they just talk. They were long-winded prophets. You know what I mean? They were, uh, and so uh, the longer I talk, the more major I am, I feel like today. No, uh, I'm going to try to make this short. But anyways, what's funny is David or Daniel is placed in the prophecy uh, part of, of, of the scripture, but what's funny is that it's also almost kind of equally a history book as it is a prophecy book. Does that make sense? And I think it's placed there for a very specific reason. Daniel kind of holds uh, a special place in the, in the, in the book of prophecies uh, because it is a history book because I think that history is prophecy. And what I mean by that is that I think that what we learned in these chapters, we are living in today's society. And it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass again and again and again and again. So I want to talk to you a little bit about Daniel and what took place um, here in Scripture. Uh, is, they, they were, they were, uh, uh, history is prophecy. Israel is in a place where they're, uh, they rejected God. And, uh, and they're paying a price for it. Um, they, this is something that happens. We always will pay a price when we reject God's law. There are repercussions for going out on your own limb and saying, hey, I know how, to, how this works. I'm going to do it on my own. And Israel, again, finds themselves in a scenario where they have rejected God and are paying a, a crazy price for it. And uh, this, uh, this is what's happening right now in America, in my opinion. 
that we are basically on, on the forefront right now of, of some major things that's happening in our culture, that's happening in our country. I cannot remember a time, and I'm not saying it because it's today, but as I look back, I can't remember a time where American is as shaken as it is right now. I mean, from storm after storm after storm after storm right now, Right, I just got off the phone this week again with, with my friends from California, and, and the fires over there in California are, are, you guys have met, some of you have met Pastor Ted, uh, that, that has, is, is on our board, he lives in California, and um, he's a dear friend of mine, has changed my life, and the fires, literally he told me, I'm, without exaggeration, I said, are you worried, and they just got served a mandatory uh, notice uh, about evacuation, would, 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 will happen like this, and I said, are you nervous, and he said, uh, no, I'm not nervous. It's, it's still three miles away. Three miles away. He said, yeah, but there's a lot of hills in between there and our house. I'm pretty sure we're going to be safe. And I remember the same phone call when the hurricanes were coming and they called me and I'm like, they're like, are you nervous? And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. You know, we got, we got the boards on the windows and we're, we're hunkering in. We're going to watch Netflix and it's going to be great, you know? And, and they're like, are you crazy? You know, and, and, I, and I'm thinking, you know, well, three miles away is, is the fires right now. And as, as I'm praying for them and looking at some of the pictures online, man, this is crazy. Las Vegas and some of the stuff. The nation, our nation was one nation under God. We were a, a country that, that worshiped the Lord. And when situations like this would happen, we would automatically go to prayer. And, uh, and it's not happening these day and age in our country right now. And it's scaring me. And I feel like uh, America's not waking up. And I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm terrified. And so what happened in the book of Daniel was the people of Israel, um, they became slaves. What happens is in the scripture was it's called that they would be exiled. They would all, the, the country uh, was overtaken by another country and they were all taken as slaves and moved from their country uh, over to Babylon. And Babylon today is modern day. Does anyone know it? Iraq, that's right. And so today Iraq is Babylon. And you can kind of still see some of the nature of, of, of Babylon and its ripple effect throughout the years. So the Babylonian Empire took hostage uh, some of these people. And this is where we start in the book of Daniel. And we're talking about the influence of our culture as we are trying to live godly lives in the midst of an ever-increasing ungodly culture. Are you with me? Can anyone else relate to how difficult sometimes that this could be? Maybe it's just me, but I, who am very outspoken about my faith, still get overwhelmed with being outspoken about my faith in the midst of an ungodly culture. Oftentimes, I'm not even allowed to have an opinion about the things that I have an opinion about. Hmm. Maybe another time. Here we go. So Babylon is uh, Babylon has taken... Um, the people captive. And I'm going to start in Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year, uh, I'm going to read it from my Bible because I think it's funner that way. Uh, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. So in other words, uh, Jehoiakim is like uh, George Bush, okay? And uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar is like, uh, give me someone, Kim Jong-un, okay? Kim Jong-un comes takes Bush hostages. And uh, so you have to see these people, okay? Uh, uh, otherwise, you're like, where, where is he going? All these names I've never heard of. You have to see kind of people in place. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is Kim Jong-un. Okay? And uh, Kim Jong-un, you have to say it that way. You say it real fast and it comes out. Okay, here we go. Stick with it, Tim. Uh, and the Lord um, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehemakim, the king of Judah, into his hand and some of the articles of the house of God, right? All the gold and all the, all the great and holy possessions was taken captive into Babylon. And uh, some of the articles from the house of God, which he carried uh, into the land of Shire, into the house of his God. And he brought some of the articles into the treasure house uh, of his God. Then the king instructed Aspenaz, and we're going to talk about him a little bit this week, uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the master of the eunuchs brought some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, the young man in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom. Is, it, is this ringing a bell? Does this remind you of any pastor you guys know? Good-looking, w- without blemish, uh, well-wisdom. Yeah. No. How many churches do you go to, bro? Come on. Uh, uh, without blemish, he was good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, 
possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability, this sounds a lot like me, quick, okay, uh, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and with whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. I'm going to stop there. You have to get this. So what they're doing is they're, they're, they're taking a lot of people captive as slaves and moving them over to Babylon, but there's some that are like a select, really awesome, like best breed of, of human beings, and they're taking these studded people and saying, we want you to come over and serve in our courts. Okay? That's verse 5, I believe. And... Uh, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had an ability to serve in the king's palace, verse 4, whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. So what they're trying to do, listen to me, guys, you got to stay with me. The culture, they're trying to take these elect people of Israel and move them into the culture of the Babylonians and teach them the language and the culture of the Chaldeans. What they want them to do is be indoctrinated with the wisdom of other societies that they could now be representation in Babylon and know what happens throughout the earth. They're trying to give them a mixed breed. They're trying to make them mutts, to know a lot about everything because they're sharp, they can learn it, they can learn it fast, they can learn it fast. So there's a lot of culture coming in every day. Do you understand? A lot of culture. And this is abnormal in this society because back then you had to, you had to find this information. Right now, it is all at your access right now. Culture is overwhelming you whether you're realizing it or not. Opinions is overwhelming you whether you realize it or not. And we are being influenced with the Babylonian understanding whether we realize it or not. Many gods, many understandings, Many realities, many opinions, have it your way, whatever way you want. What do you know? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Oh, that's your opinion? Well, that's cool. And this is what's going on here. And it goes further into verse 5. And the king appointed them daily a provision of the king's delicacies and of wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Let me stop there. In the midst of this training, the king wanted to make sure that these few people lacked nothing, but they ate the best food and drank the best wine. Who doesn't want to sit at that table? Who doesn't want to have the... You can eat every day at the Texas Day Brazil. This is wonderful, Dustin. Isn't this good news? Every day you can eat the best food and drink the best wine. And you can have the best... Scroll, you, you have access to unlimited information. This is good news. This is what we want, isn't it? And this is where I find us as Americans. Oh man, am I nervous here. You got to know, you didn't know what you were walking into today, but this is going to get you right in the getter. It got me. This message is rocking my socks off, and I believe it's going to rock someone else today. Maybe I'm the only one who's being inundated and indoctrinated with so many theories and understandings and opinions. But it's not influencing me. Wait, we'll get there. And then from among those, the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. These are the four dudes that they picked to represent uh, Israel amongst the people of Babylon. And as I'm studying this right now, I want us to know that we, whether we see it or not, are being indoctrinated and affected by the culture of a generation. This is how it happens right here, where people are being indoctrinated and infected by the culture of a, of a generation. And this is happening right now in our midst. And we have to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. We've got to be wise. We've got to be wise. We've got to be wise. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Was that on key rates? I'm just curious. 
No? Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> if we don't understand, I want you to understand that um, it, we need to understand the time that we're living in. I, um, my wife said something. This is off the topic, and I wanted to start with this, but I don't have the time. But she was um, talking the other day about how the earth right now is groaning. And it's a scripture that they would talk about how, how the earth labors with birth pains for the return of the Son of Man. And I don't know whether these are the last days or not, but I can't recall a time of such crazy confusion amongst the earth. And I mean, it's all over the place. It's never been so easy to abort a baby. It's, murder has never been so easy. And we see, I mean, the way guns are being fired and the way that people are being, and like, man, it is, it is a gross thing. And these storms that are happening, I do not believe they're from the Lord, but I do believe that the earth yearns for the return of the Lord. As I'm watching people losing their homes right now by the thousands on a weekly basis, there's another storm that's happened. I, I don't remember another. Can you recall another time in the last 20 years where there's been just our country was ravaged again and again? And it's like wave after wave, America, wake up. It's not 9-11. It may be worse, and I don't know what's coming next. As I pray, we don't go to war with North Korea. If we don't understand the time we're living in and what's happening around us, we will be influenced by our culture. Uh, they used to say back in youth group days, um, are you a thermostat or a thermometer? Does the temperature of the room change you or do you change the temperature of the room and i don't know that for all of us but i i want to figure these things out Uh, another awesome statement i I remember this is not in my notes but i I love it man i remember this is my old youth group statement i used to i used to love saying this over my youth group if you won't stand for something you'll fall for anything and I think about this right now in our culture, man, and it's, it's, um, it's nerv- making me very, 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 very nervous where we're at. Here's my sermon. You ready for this? I got six points. Lord, help. Amen. I want to love God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. I want to love God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. And I want to be amongst the people that loves God with all their heart, with all their soul. I want to be elect. I want to be part of the elect. I want to be set apart and used for my king. I want to live a life worthy of the calling to which I received. Amen? And so I, I'm hoping that I'm speaking to your spirit man today, but the life of David is calling me higher. Uh, of Daniel is calling me higher, excuse me. And uh, here we go. There are three things that culture wants to do in your life. There's three things that culture wants to do in your life. It wants to teach you how the world thinks. It wants to teach you how the world thinks. I did some research this week, and here's what I found out. That the average American is on their cell phone no less I mean, when I looked at multiple, I typed this into multiple Google searches. I clicked on multiple links. The least amount of average that I could find was two hours. Two hours a day on our cell phone. And that doesn't compare to TV. TV is greater. And we are being inundated right now by technology. And it's overwhelming us. Most of it is social media conversations and conversations and conversations about views and ideas and people posting images of, of uh, what, what we should do with abortion or, or how we should handle immigration or what's going to happen with same-sex marriages or, or how we think about sex changes. And, and I mean, like, it's conversation after conversation after argument after argument after just think and think and think and accept and accept and accept. And this is how the world does it. And you don't want to hate people, do you? I mean, we don't want to hate what we're just judging people. We, we should accept everyone. Doesn't Jesus just accept everyone? No, he does not. I don't know what scripture we're reading. He does not accept everything. He accepts every individual as they are, but he requires them to change the story. I mean, I, 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 the woman caught in adultery is the greatest story in the Bible. 
He takes a woman that was caught in adultery by a bunch of Pharisees. How did they know she was, where did they, what was going on? And they find this woman and they drag her to Jesus and you know the law. What should we do? Let him who's without sin cast the first stone. Jesus is about grace and mercy. He is about truth and grace. Truth and grace. He, he accepts her exactly as she is and tells her to go and sin no more. The plan that the Lord has for me is greater than anyone else's plan for my life. But please don't make no mistake about it. He does want us to change. And if you don't get the fact that he is wiser than you, then you are a fool. I am not trying to be rude. I'm just saying he, is, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. He's smarter than I am. And so you're, right, the world wants to teach you how the world thinks. And so what's happening right now, whether you realize it or not, anyone that knows how the internet works knows that Google is learning you. It's learning you. It's learning you. It's learning your clicks and it's sending advertisements to you. It knows your football teams, your favorite t-shirt company. It knows the shoes that you like and it's selling you and selling you and selling you and selling you. What I'm learning right now, it's so hard for me as a Christian to think all the time about the Lord. It's all I want. I want to meditate on the Lord night and day, but you know why it's so hard? Because I get about 45 emails a day from two different email accounts. One of them is spam. And on average, the average person sitting in this room will get 150 text messages a day. That's how many times your phone is going off. It's going off. It's distracting you from any thought you want to have. And then on top of that, it's, it's the thoughts and all the things that's happening around the world. And the pain. And how we should be heartbroken for this situation and this situation. And life is overwhelming you with stuff preventing you from having one thought. You can't have one thought. You can't be singular-minded now. It's overwhelming you and distracting you from everything you want to do. You know what the worst feeling in the world is today? When you leave your house in the morning and not forget your wallet, I can go without my wallet. It's your phone. Oh, man, I got to go back home. It doesn't matter if I'm going to be late. I can't live without my phone. Tell me I'm wrong. We have, we have been brainwashed to think that I have to have unlimited information at access at all times. I have to be able to know how to answer what was the name of the guy that was in that movie that had the thing on his lip and I and Google will tell you. It's learning us. It's learning us and it's teaching us how to think. Whether you realize it or not, it is giving you an opinion. And we have to be careful about the opinion that the world is giving you. Daniel was kidnapped and moved from his house and brought into a place to learn other cultures. And there is not a culture on earth that you can't learn in a second. And you're learning it right now, whether you see it or not. The second thing that the culture wants to do in your life is to teach you to follow your appetite. This isn't just about food, but it's important that we park here. Why? Because one of the reasons that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed was because their, their gods were their belly. If there is a culture that eats more than America, please tell me who they are. Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't destroyed just because they were homosexuals and there was no, it, their God was their belly. Let's start there. I mean, are, are we not victims of this problem? And so as, as this story goes, they left Israel, were brought here, and were giving all of the delicacies that came from the king's table. As much food as you can eat and as much wine as you can drink. And the world is telling us, eat as much as you want. Have as much as you want. Have as much as you want. Have as much as you want. And we are learning right now as a culture that it's okay for you to have whatever you want. You can eat that. You can drink that. You can watch that. You can listen to that. And there's no repercussions for your life. And that is bull -loney. And so here's my question. 
If there's any other lovers of God in this room, is there anyone like Daniel that would be willing to say that the best of the best of the best I don't need? What don't you eat? What don't you drink? What don't you watch? And what don't you listen to? Daniel and Rakshak and Benny, there was three... They set themselves apart and said that I, I can't do that. What is it that you can't do? And is it that you can't do that because it's already comfortable for you? Or were you already not doing that before Jesus? And so now it's easier? Well, okay, you don't drink. Well, so does a lot of people. Or so you don't eat those things. Well, so does a lot of people. Is there anything else different about you that is different about our culture? Or is culture telling you that it's, it's all good? Hey, it's all good. There's grace. There is grace. Listen, we can... We are freely received, but there is, I believe that there are some that are set aside that want His Holy Spirit, man, that want to be used by God. And I'm telling you, there's a price to pay if you want to walk in the Spirit the way Daniel and these other guys did. (laughs) Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I'm going to keep going. The third thing that the world is trying to do to you right now, the culture is trying to do to you, is to change your name. To change your identity. I am way over time and I'm really sorry, but I'm not done yet. And I feel like this is really, really important. Here we go. Uh, just the nursery. They hate me in the back. That's <laughs> Give this kid back already. Uh, here we go. Um, three things. Okay, so I list, I, I list. So the very next thing in verse 6 that they did in verse 7, when they, when they brought Mishael, Azrael, and Azariah, and these other guys, right? Rakshak and Bay. When they brought them over into the thing, the very next thing, they gave them food, they gave them drink, they gave them literature, and they changed their name. Here's why. Listen. Verse 7. Scotty, help me. I don't know it. My Bible knows it. I'll read it. And to them, he, uh, the chief of the eunuchs, gave them names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, to Hananiah, he gave Shadrach. To Mishael, he gave Meshach. And to Azrael, he gave Abednego. Now, I don't know if you know this. I, there's a lot of different opinions about what these names mean. Here are three of them. Because back then, your name was your definition. It was your purpose. It was your value. It was your calling. Now, it's the same way in the culture that we have today. However, many of us have exchanged the name and the identity that God has given us for another name and another culture and another concept. We have discredited ourselves and devalued ourselves and wear the title of whoever wants to label you whatever they want. I remember, I kid you not, I swear it on my life, my first, nope, my second seventh grade yearbook, because I was in seventh grade three times. My second one, at the end, they, said, they, they, they gave a definition to everyone, and I had a kid in one of my classes uh, that, that got an opportunity to be one of the writers in a thing, and Tim Broughton got named least likely to succeed, and I wore that. And now I thank God that he has changed my identity, and to this day, now I've been to 47 states and 12 different countries, and that's far more than most people can say. I have influenced thousands of people's lives with the gospel. But there are still names and titles that I have a hard time taking off. And there are many of them that you have to this day. Listen to this. He wants to change your name. Listen, Daniel meant God is my judge. But they wanted to change his name to Belshazzar, Lady Protect the King. That's what his name was going to meet, Belshazzar. Lady Protect the King. Talking about, uh, uh, it's not abnormal. Many cultures have had gender identity problems. There's many different definitions of what these things mean. These are just some of them that I pulled off the internet. Uh, actually, this came right out of my Bible. These, this guy wrote a passage on it, and I'm taking them right out of the Bible here. Um, Shadrach, I am fearful of the gods. And it was, who is as God is? To, I am fearful of the gods. 
I'm fearful of, so, so now every day they walk around and they want you to know, hey, you're studying all these different cultures and all these different gods. You're going to be fearful of the gods. You're going to be fearful of the gods. You're going to be fearful of the gods. Here's one that I identify with. Even to this day, I have to speak it over my own life. Mishael, um, I'm sorry, Shadrach, I am fearful of the gods. The Lord was gracious. Mishael's who is as gods is, and his, his name was changed to Mishael. I am of little account. I am of little account. Many times in my life, I have had to retrain my thinking to remember that I am of great account, that I am valuable, that I am worthy, and that I am capable. Maybe I am the only one, but this world that I live in and people around me will try to let me know that my voice, you only get one vote in this election. You only get one opinion. You are of little importance. You are not that big of a deal. You should not talk at work you're not really going to make a difference anyway. Hmm. The last one, they wanted to change his name. Uh, uh, Azariah, the Lord has helped me to Abednego, servant of Nebo. He was a god. They wanted him to know that your name is now the servant of another god. You are, are here in the temple courts and you're serving another god. Abednego, you're serving another God. You're serving another God. You're serving another God. You're here. You are a slave of this system. Now you serve another God. And I thought about that, and I thought about that, and I thought about all these things, and I wish I had more time to talk about it. But Abednego, imagine what it would be like to be in a time in an era where you're loving God with all of your heart, and you just can't understand why you're a slave of another country. But God, I love you. When are you going to bless me? Why am I here serving these people? When are you going to give me what I want? No, Abednego, you're just a servant of our God now. Prove me wrong. And every day they had to retrain their mind to say, I will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. Three things that the culture wants you to do. One, it wants to teach you how the world thinks. Two, it wants to teach you to follow whatever appetite you have. There's nothing you can't watch. There's nothing you can't see. There's nothing you can't eat. There's nothing you can't drink. Have it your way. And have it as quickly as possible. If we wait in the McDonald's line for two minutes, we want to give them a review. Technology is trying to find out how do I get the video to load instantly on your phone without any lag. And they want to change your identity and your purpose. And here's three things that I believe today that the Lord wants to, uh, wants to do in your life. Is this good? How do we live in a culture of ungodliness and remain with integrity and keep our identity and our character. Man, this is revolutionizing my life. I want to live like Daniel. I want to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Is there anyone else here? I love you guys. I think it's the coolest place in the world. Rich, can you come back? I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible. Holy moly. Here we go. Um, I don't have 25 screaming kids pulling on my leg right now. You guys are always want like, you just take your time. And I'm thinking, you go back there and serve and uh, volunteer today on serve teams. Lacey will take your name and we'll help you. Okay, here we go. Renew the, your mind. The first thing that the Lord wants to do, the first thing the world wants to do is teach you how the world thinks. The very first thing that the Lord wants to do is renew your mind. I, I tell you guys all the time, it's one of our three goals, four goals. We've got four of them. I don't know if you know it. <laughs> one of them is to read the word. This is not my opinion. This is scripture. Listen, you are reading a lot of content every day. Every day before I, I leave the house, I look on ESPN and to read a couple articles. I love it. I love it. And they're teaching me their dogma. And does Disney, I mean ESPN is owned by the, is teaching some dogma. What are you reading? We know that the Holy Scripture is good for us. The Scripture says to be, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Scotty's going to put it on the screen for you. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. You will change your whole life if you change the way you think. How important is God's Word to you? I know how important it was to Daniel. And then you will prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Three things the Lord wants to do. One, He wants to renew your mind. If God's holy scripture, and I have to remind you this, many people died. And we can hold this today. 
Many people gave their life, were burned at a stake, were crucified, were beheaded, were stoned to death, were left forsaken, locked in a cell, starved to death. So we can hold this word. And their blood is screaming to this generation that is being inundated by a culture that says, read as much crap, two and a half to four hours a day of garbage. We ain't got time. Isn't that what we say? We ain't got time. I don't have time. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so, you're, I tell you right now, one day we're going to give a judge. We're going to give account of our lives. And you're going to see how much time you wasted not renewing your mind. First thing the world wants to do is teach you how the world thinks. The one thing the Lord wants to do today is renew your mind. You got to get it in you. I know you know it. I know most of you can preach this better than me. But you got to get it in you. Two, the world wants to give you, to teach you to follow your own appetite. And the Lord wants this. I was talking about this with my kids last night, and I actually cried myself to sleep last night thinking about my kids. So they don't, they love God, and they don't have a clue how to love God. Here's the problem with the church today. We're not hungry for the Lord. We're not hungry for the Lord. We don't need him like we need a double cheeseburger, or the preacher to stop talking so we can go eat, or so that we can, like we need to charge our cell phone before we go to bed the next day. We need the Holy Spirit to move in our life. Matthew chapter 6, verse, chapter 5, verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The world wants you to hunger after everything in this world. The Lord wants you to hunger after righteousness. When was the last time you were starving for a move of his spirit? Starving for God to speak to you. Starving for him to move on your insides. When was the last time you were hungry to be righteous? This sermon kicked my rear. And I think it's kicking some of yours. Point number three. Daniel, man, he lived it. He doesn't get credit because most of us would have been a cop out. Point number three, God wants to, the world wants to change your name and God wants to give you identity and purpose. And some of you have to take off that you're a failure. Some of you have to take off that you're not capable. Some of you have to take off that you're not loved. All of these are lies and it controls your thoughts, and it makes you a slave to bondage of this world. Either you are redeemed or you are not, but you can be redeemed. And if you're redeemed, all things are made new. Who are you? I am loved by God. I am more than capable. I am wise enough. I am strong enough. I am gifted enough. I have enough leadership in my life. I am capable. I can reach this world. I, do, I have all the resources that he needs me to have. Listen to this. I'm going to use this. It's a prophecy out of Isaiah chapter 62, verses 1 through 4. Man, I'm excited right now. I'm so sorry. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until your righteousness goes forth as the brightness and your salvation burns as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness. The Gentiles will see your righteousness. They will see your righteousness. And all the kings your glory. And you will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will name. I take off all that crap and all those things that people said. Even the people that didn't mean it, they didn't know the effect it was going to have on you. And you will also be a crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You realize that you'll be precious, you'll be precious, you'll be precious. And you shall no longer be termed forsaken. 
nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. The world, man, it wants to take from you. It wants to teach you all these great things that you should know. But I learned one thing, man, that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not good for me. You're not meant to know all this crap. You're meant to know the Lord. Know Him. You don't have to be relevant to a culture. There's a holy God that lives inside of you that will make you relevant. You've got to know if you've been pure your whole life and you've never been part of the world, that is the best testimony in the world. He wants to renew your mind. He wants to restore a hunger for God. And He wants to give you a new identity and a new purpose. God, Rich, get ready. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you guys, bow your heads and close your eyes real quick. There's someone here today, and you'd say, I've got sin in my life. I've compromised the values that I believe are most important for my life. I'm not living worthy of the sacrifice that God has died for me to have. If that's you, and every head bowed and every eye closed in this room today, and you say, I want to step it up, and I want to make some changes today, that's you. You raise your hand right now. And I love you, and I think you're awesome. Lord, change me. Teach me to be disciplined to read your word. Teach me to say no to the things of this world. Teach me to say no to the things of this world and yes to your word, yes to your Holy Spirit, and yes to the plan and the purpose that you have for my life. Right now, just give me a second before we sing this. We're just going to sing one verse and one chorus and be done. Before that happens, can you think about this week? What do you change tomorrow? to live like Daniel.